Hi, everyone. I am so excited. Today, we have our third episode of my podcast with LaMona, and I have a very, very special guest, a very close friend of mine, someone who I admire so much, someone I look up to, a superwoman, a badass, my incredible friend, Jen Adkin. Welcome to the show. Hi. (laughs) That's exactly how I would have introduced you. So that's perfect. (laughs) I love you so much. Honestly, just seeing your face like makes all of 2020 better again. Like Uh, I miss you. I miss you. I can't (laughs) believe it's been this long that we've been able to see one another, but we go so far back. We have so much history together and I am so proud of you and I'm so happy First of all, thank you for dedicating your whole story to my book today. <laughs> it was so I'm so sweet. proud of you. Honestly, from the time you first told me you're working on a book, like I've been waiting for it. You knew me before everything. It's crazy. Isn't it so crazy to just see what we've all been able to accomplish since we met? It is crazy. But at the same time, I'm not surprised. Like I remember the first time I met you and you know, I was excited to meet you because I already heard about you and you already were a very big deal in Dubai. Like everybody was like, there's a celebrity hairstylist coming to to Dubai. I want to do my hair with her. And like, I remember the first time I met you in JBR in Beltham Salon. And I was like, I had to use my connections to get an appointment with you. Shout out to the door. (laughs) Yeah, the door. And I remember just thinking like, oh my gosh, I, I can't wait to meet this girl. But I I also didn't expect you to be such a cool, real, like awesome human. Oh, you know, I just, I was like, when I first met you, I was like, she's so cool. She's so funny. When is she going to like become like this pretentious, like Hollywood? Oh my God, I wish. (laughs) Celebrity hairstylist. And then I was like, she never changed. Like from the first time I met you, you've never changed at all. I mean, you've, you've grown, of course, but you haven't changed who you are. You're just this awesome human. And that's why I fell in love with you. Don't you feel funny when people tell you that too? Like, I think I even wrote that in the note I sent you. Was, I was like, thank you for just being you. And I think it's so funny because we are authentic. I'm, I'm grateful that we both kind of have that bug, you know? Like, we are still the crazy, uninhibited, you know? <laughs> but I, I think genuine people. And I really, um, I think that that is the reason why we've had success. So I, it's just so crazy. It feels like a lifetime ago that we first met and I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you so much, my love. Well, I'm just going to introduce you to everyone who doesn't know Jen. Obviously, I think everybody does, but just in case, Jen is the incredible hairstylist, celebrity hairstylist, who's been known as the most influential person in hair care in the world and also created the amazing brand Way as well as Main Addicts, Main University. Um, and now you're the author of this incredible book, Blowing My Way to the Top. Honestly, Jen, I like had to speed read this book because I just got it a few days ago and I wanted to like read as much as I could, but I found myself like wanting to take a picture of every page. I was like, every oh page is God. so freaking good. And I'm going to go through it again. And like, this is a book I'm going to make notes in, underline things, circle things, highlight things. I was like, every one, every page speaks to my soul. So honestly, oh, well done. Mona. You're amazing. By the way, guys, <laughs> just a side note. So Mona, thank you for the introduction. Mona and I will like send each other. Like I remember you, you are so great at like sending me charts and different like, I don't know, like guides and, and things that like really help with kind of, I think we were both struggling with the idea of what balance was. And I really am so excited to have you especially read it because I know that like you have been on your own journey of like self-reflection and just being a better person. And so it means a lot that you said that. And I 
I'm getting so like, it's so crazy that it's like out in the world now. Cause like my friend Steph Shep showed up the other day and she had tabs and like highlighted a bunch of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like out there. I'm so happy. Honestly, your book is amazing. And literally every page I wanted to Snapchat every like today when I was going through it, right before um, our, our, our podcast, I was like, just going through my notes. And I was like, I want to post every page. Like every page is so good. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited. You've killed it as always. You know, I'm not surprised. And yeah, I'm just so proud of you. Ever since you told me you're writing a book, I was just like, this is going to be so meaningful because I love everything that you post all the time, like all the quotes that you post, everything that you do, you know, so um, your book really speaks true to who you are. And I'm I'm a huge fan already. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Mona. Yeah, I try really hard to just, you know, I think we're all just spirits having a human experience right now and I'm growing and I'm learning and I've learned so many things from the women in my life and I felt like I wanted just to put it all in one book on the cutting room floor so I'm hoping I get to do another book but it felt really like a good time to come out with a spirited guide to try to help people who are kind of stuck in a rut or feel like you know they're they've made bad decisions maybe in the past and don't know how to move past it and move forward and I just wanted to try to help people to really kind of find their purpose if they're having a hard time. It's amazing. And I honestly recommend it to everyone, um, no matter what, where they are in their life, whether they're just beginning their career journey or they're trying to figure out what they're trying to do or if they're far in their careers, because I just feel like there's so much in there that's going to help people get through their struggles, their hard times. And like, you really do keep it real as you do in life, um, but you keep it real in the book. And I, I love it. So I'm so excited to to read it again. <laughs> I love it. Uh, to start with your journey and if you could share with everyone, you know, why did you venture into getting into hair um, in the first place? I know you moved to LA when you were 19 years old and you did it all on your own, which is super brave. I'd love to know more about like what inspired you to get into hair. Yeah, I will give you guys like the synopsis because the book talks a lot about it. But basically I grew up in Hawaii and in Utah in a conservative Mormon family. I was adopted at birth and I wanted just to kind of share my own struggle that I had where I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like I didn't really, you know, understand the, uh, I guess it was kind of like I wanted to break through a barrier that I felt was holding me back from living my full potential. And while I grew up in a very safe and a very warm and amazing environment, I had this like rebellion where I was like, you know what? I don't want to get married at 19. My best friend felt the same way. There's a story in here about a chance encounter we had with Dave Matthews this year. <laughs> and he basically, so you know, it was funny. A, it was it was a blip for him, but we met him and we were so starstruck and he was like, you know, if you want to work in fashion and if you want to work in beauty, like you guys should do it. And we were like, he's right. And I think it really was just like meeting somebody who was a celebrity and somebody who was successful. And I, I I don't know how, but that just put fuel uh, underneath us. And so we packed our bags, moved to LA. We had Honda Civics. We like had $300 and just made it work. And so since then I started working in a salon as a receptionist and then a salon manager. Then I started assisting And then eventually I got on the floor and was like very successful. I had a great career in the salon, but I wanted more. So I started assisting backstage at New York and Paris Fashion Week and like spending any money I had 
on my kit and getting to these places and sneaking in sometimes at some wow. of the fashion shows in Paris, <laughs> just so I could, could learn from Guido and, and all the amazing backstage artists. And then after that, I was like, I really want to learn how to do editorial work. And I started working um, and assisting again. Like I kept joking, I was the 40-year-old assistant, but I didn't want to stop learning. <laughs> so I started assisting amazing. Um, editorial stylists and then eventually started working with celebrities. And my first like big, big celebrity client, I think, was Sofia Vergara when Modern Family oh, I love just her. came out. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. So that's kind of how my my journey has been. And and here we are. And then I launched Way and Main Addicts in 2014, Way in 2016. And and now I have this book that gets to tell all of the fun <laughs> stories. That is amazing. Um, honestly, there's so much I want to dive into. I just wanted to ask you, you know, now that you've achieved so much success and you've really gone such a far way in such a short period of time, I mean, just you know, launching Main Addicts in 2014, way in 2016, it's only been about five, six years and you've grown so much. How do you define success and just having achieved so much so fast? Like what keeps you motivated to keep going and pushing yourself? Well, I think that, you know, we both have kind of launched businesses and ventures in this time of social media and it's been such a blessing. It can be a curse at times. I think that's when we get stuck in like comparison and FOMO and all of that. But, um, you know, it really is so incredible how fast you can build an audience and how fast you can really like get ideas out there, get inspiration. Um, it's such an incredible time for women too. I mean, I, I look at so many of my girlfriends and I feel like what keeps me going is really like that camaraderie of watching you and Huda and watching Jessica Alba, who I've known since I was a receptionist, you know, watching her build Honest Company and Kim and Kylie and Chrissy and all these girls that like, I really, you know, we go back like 10 years now. And so it's been so encouraging to watch, you know, my friends rise to the occasion. And also it's been really great to be able to like bounce ideas off of one another. We're all navigating this business world that can be very intimidating um, we're all living our lives authentically in front of a camera, which can also be exhausting and scary at times, you know, so we've all kind of navigated together. But if I didn't have that circle of friends and and have that support, I don't know if I would be where I am, to be quite honest. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know in your book, you talked a lot about building your girl gang. And I do have to say that you are one of the most supportive girls I've ever met. Like I remember when me and Huda first started traveling to LA more, um, you really helped connect us with everyone and everything. And I remember going to you about anything, you just would come with like a million contacts. I think you sent me your black book one time with like all your database. And I was like, wow, it's just so amazing to see someone be so generous with their contacts and just really be so supportive. So I've always, um, you know, felt so strongly about you with that. And you've also inspired me to do the same for other people. You know, I was just like, you know, Jen just shares her contacts, helps people in networks. Um, and that just made me want to do the same thing for other people. So I think that's really beautiful of you. Oh, thank you, Mona. I mean, that is really why I wrote the book as well. Cause like, I've always enjoyed being able to help friends, like skip the line or, or get information. And, and it was really important for me to, you know, continue to do that. I just think if you're in a position to help, why not? You know, it doesn't take anything from me and I am happy to help connect friends in any way that I can. And I think it's yeah. also 
part of like networking. It's just in me, you know, I'm being a hairdresser. Like I (laughs) come in and they're like, okay, who's the best person to go for this or that? And I'm like, I have the, I'm like the like connector, I guess. I have like a really great yellow pages (laughs) Rolodex. And so I've always been. You really do. (laughs) That's amazing. I'd love to get into um, way and uh, why you decided to start your brand. And, you know, what motivated you to get started? How did you get started? Because at the time, you didn't really have much business experience. So, you know, um, it's just, you know, kind of like me and Huda as well. Like, it's just very brave of you to, but I, I actually had some business experience. So I really, like, admire the fact that you were, like, super scrappy. You got started. Um, if you could tell us about that journey, I'd love to hear Yeah. about your motivations. Yeah. Scrappy. I love that word. I definitely <laughs> feel like I was scrappy. Um, you know, it's interesting when I found my old notebook that I had made these tabs and I remember it was like formulation, laboratories, you know, um, product development, um, marketing, social media. Like I just was learning as I was going. And to be quite honest, I, 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 I look back and I'm like, I was so naive in so many ways, but also such a dreamer. And I think that what can happen is you can get overwhelmed if you know, and, and I, I talk in the book a lot about financial advice because there was a time when I was like in a lot of credit card debt and didn't know how I was going to find my way out. And it really is the same kind of like concept, whether you're building a business plan or trying to get an idea off the ground, it's little by little. And you can't look at this big like snowball. You have to take it like piece by piece and, you know, just be consistent and work hard every single day and ask questions and don't be afraid to you know, surround yourself or hire people who maybe are smarter than you and know, you know, more than you do because you can learn from them. I love that. I love that so much because I remember there was a time where, you know, when we were first getting started um, and we started hiring people who were definitely way smarter than us in certain things and knew more than us in a lot of things. And at first it was kind of intimidating. And I remember reading somewhere that like, um, a people hire A people, B people hire C people. And I was like, oh my gosh, when I read that, I was like, I am never going to hire people that I feel um, can't add value. You know, you some, everybody you hire should have something that they're way better than you at. So I completely, completely agree with you. I was working on my gratitude journal this morning and the quote was from Warren Buffett. And it said something like hire associates that are better than you because you will steer in that direction. And I was like, yes, it's so true. Love that. That's amazing. Um, how has your role evolved from when you first founded Way um, until now? I mean, now it's like it's becoming a huge company. You have so many employees. Um, you're becoming a global brand. Like you're sold almost all over the world. How has your role evolved? Wow. So I would say um, I was a stress case, not <laughs> sleeping, not eating well, on a plane every week. Um But also, you know, I really proved during those times that like I could hustle and I could multitask and I had a lot of spinning plates. I wasn't doing everything perfectly. Um, I'd say my role now gets to be a little bit more creative. Now that we have the structure, now that we have the capital, we have an investor, we have a proper team in place. So it's so much more fun. And I know you know that feeling. Where you go yes. from like, <laughs> where you go from like worry to creator yeah. again. And I, mm-hmm. I think I'm in that place now where I've also like let go of the pressure on myself. I think 
we'll talk about it, I'm sure. But I did a lot of like personal work and went to a psychotherapy camp. And, and I found myself in a place where I just missed being happy. And I missed being creative and light and fluffy. And I just lost my spark for a minute there. And I think that, you know, now that I hired a CEO at Way, it's been a game changer. Um, because I also like, I know that I'm good at what I'm good at. And I know what I'm not good at. And I really wanted to make sure that like the brand was reaching its full potential. And so that's been amazing. And with Main Addicts, you know, I started it really as just an editorial platform. And I was kind of like, I guess the end of that. And, you know, to watch that completely, you know, it was just a playground for you guys who don't know. Main Addicts um, is a editorial site, but also we do a ton of um, photo shoots with really big stars. And, and we have this incredible network of like influencers and hairstylists and consumers. And it's so fun to have this playground for brands to be able to show new products and hair. And it's just a hair centric place that never exists. Now we have these incredible artists, our creator collective, who do their own uh, content and work with Haley Bieber and Kendall and Justin Bieber, everybody. Like, it's crazy. Um, and so my role with that has changed because it doesn't rely so heavily on me. It's this whole world that's just functioning on its own every day. Um, and so I would say my time now is really... It's really spent, I mean, I'm doing a lot of Zooms with the team. Um, I'm dividing my time in a healthier way, though. I have time That's to like, play with my dogs now. That is amazing. And I do feel like we're so simpatico. Like, I feel like even timeline-wise, like, we're, we're always kind of, like, in a similar place. Like, we also recently um, promoted someone to become CEO of the company. So it's also relieved us, relieved us of a lot of pressure. And it's really helped you know, bring the company um, together in certain ways where before there was like a lot less structure. So it's so funny how I feel like we're always kind of like in a similar stage of our careers. But yeah, it's the best feeling ever to be able to just kind of take a step back and not worry as much and focus on the creative. So I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I think that Mona, we all have kind of been a part of this feminist movement where it's so incredible to be a brand founder and to be like, in the forefront and to be so active and everything. But it also, you know, I think we were all proving or trying to prove like we can do it all and we can like have it all. And I think what I've noticed is especially in 2020, I think, I think there was a little bit of an unravel before like the pandemic. I think that we were all like, okay, I, I personally have seen a lot of friends like show the hard stuff too, you know, and kind of like take time to be like, okay, I don't have to say yes to everything. I don't need to do it all. Like that's not bringing me joy. And and that's, you know, for me personally been so interesting because I thought that like doing all the work and investing all of my energy into work would be fulfilling and it wasn't. So I think now I found a much more comfortable place now that I'm not like putting that pressure and judging myself so hard. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I did want to talk about the Hoffman Institute later, because I know you talk a lot about that. Um, but I remember when you first told me you were kind of taking time off to go do that. I was like, wait, Jen's taking time off. And I was like, does that mean I get to take time off? Like, wait, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, we we're kind of like, you know, I, I, I was always very inspired by your hustle. And I like to, to see someone who's hustling all the time and working so hard take time off. Honestly, it made me question, like, should I be taking a week off or two weeks off and go like work on myself? Yes. Um, 
but it did <laughs> yeah. make me kind of stressed out at first. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I, I think all of us have earned it. We really yeah. have. Going back to way, um, what, what would you say was your biggest, like pinch me moment, um, when you achieved something, I mean, you've done so much with the brand, you've created so many amazing products, different categories as well. I mean, you've launched hair care, fragrance, body care, the most amazing merch I've ever seen. Like, I love your merch. I'm obsessed with everything you do. It's all so quirky and creative. Um, but what would you say was the proudest moment you've had with way? I would normally say the proudest moment was our launch day. I think, you know, there's always that little bit of a doubt that just creeps up in the back of your head. And I remember being like, God, I had been told by a number of like conglomerates that I wasn't famous enough or like, you know, this wasn't the right time to do this and I needed to wait. And I, you know, that day that we launched was so incredible, but I would actually say now my pinch me moment is looking back on 2020 and how our team has completely risen to like pivoted, supported one another. Um, I remember when we knew that we were going to be going through a lockdown and retailers were shutting down and no one was going anywhere. My CEO and I sat down and we were like, the number one thing we need to be concerned about right now is our team. Because if they crumble and if we lose, you know, our mind and are not being good leaders, like this is going to go badly. And so I remember, you know, he really set up like we do Zoom bingos as a group. We just did a charcuterie class. So cool. (laughs) I mean, here we are, what, nine months later. And, you know, we have team members who have been isolated and single in their apartments by themselves. And we have other team members who have kids at home and they're being the teacher and the nanny and trying to get work done. So that's something that like, I look at the team across the board, whether we were dealing with the pandemic or George Floyd and the big social movement and, you know, all the social injustice and, and talking about um, the changes and the things that we could do better. Like everyone has really just impressed me so much with the way that they've all supported one another. That is incredible leadership. And um, it's so amazing to focus on the team first rather than what a lot of people do. They start worrying about sales. They start worrying about bottom line. And yeah, it's usually like the last thing that a lot of people focus on. So that's incredible. What advice would you give to people watching who want to start their own brand? I would say think long and hard about it because it is a commitment. It's a very, very long commitment. It's not something or like I think I used to think, oh, you build a brand and then it's like out there and, you know, (laughs) you make money and you retire. No, no, no. It's it's a constant um, work. It's workload. It's constant, um, you know, struggle. You learn as you go that there's always going to be highs and lows. There's always going to be a challenge. I, I always say that it's like going on a hike up a hill, you think you're done. And then you realize there's more and there's more and there's more. And am I willing to commit for a good 10 years to this idea? Am I willing to put in the work every day? Am I willing to have my reputation on the line? Am I willing to uh, let go of control? Really like think about the commitment because it's going to be years and years and years of your life. You need to know that other people will be involved. There will be other cooks in the kitchen. You will not have full control all the time. Um, and I think you also need to know, like, is there really a place in the marketplace? Like, what are you doing that's different? 
do your due diligence, really like study the landscape of the category you're wanting to launch something in and, and see what people have done, right? What they've done wrong. Again, you don't have to know a mentor. You can DM people. You know, there's sometimes I go into my DMs and I just give advice if I'm bored and watching TV. So you never know. You never know. Um, And I I love that you said you need to commit 10 years because I think a lot of people think, like you said, okay, I'm just going to create a brand. It'll be a couple years and I'll sell it a few years later for like tens of millions of dollars. And I think it's so easy, but it's like to create a business that's going to cover its own costs might be easy, quote unquote easy, but creating a brand that you're going to sell for like you know, a decent amount of money that takes sweat, blood and tears. It takes 10 years to create something that's going to be worth anything after that. My other advice is hire a really good lawyer when you're signing contracts. Dave Chappelle just did a video about this and (laughs) on his Instagram. And it's so true, you know, hire somebody that you really can't kind of afford because it will save you so much money and worry and headache later. And then I would say invest in your idea. So save your money. Don't go and buy, you know, fancy bags of shoes if you can't afford it. Like you want to be able to invest in your idea and feel good about it. So I would say save your money. That is all incredible advice. And I I couldn't agree with you more on everything, but especially the lawyer part. Like that was also a mistake I made very early on when I was first starting to get into entrepreneurship, um, which is a huge mistake I think a lot of people make. So couldn't agree with you more. Like I got chills when you said it. <laughs> well, we've we've shared stories, you and I, before. I would love to go into um, Main Addicts. I know you touched up on it, um, but what is your goal with Main Addicts? What do you want to do? And I know you started Main University as well to teach people about getting into being a hairstylist. Um, what is your what your goal with Main Addicts? If you would have asked me in 2014, it was really just to have a place to shine a light on my peers and to really show like. Um, the older generation of hairstylists that people that were younger didn't know about and to help showcase new talent all over the world. And it has now grown into this like whole entity where we are doing the most amazing content, obviously, like editorial content. But it's now become like this neighborhood. I don't know. Our Instagram page is so fun. Like I'm learning all the time about new people. Um, We get to, you know, have takeovers where we get to give I think a spotlight to people who normally wouldn't have it. And it's so fun for us, but yes, Maine university, we did a class in Dubai. It was so fun. With <laughs> Khloe Kardashian. We have been all over the world. With I remember Maine that. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to do in-person classes again. It's going to be so oh, fun, but yeah, you. now um, my biggest, honestly, like the things that really get me excited, it's not even like jobs that I do. It's like watching our team, and all the incredible work that they do, our creator collective, and I hope to expand that. And I will say, stay tuned, because we are working on something that's going to be coming out probably end of 2021. And it's gonna be really exciting. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And honestly, a lot of people that I've met who are just the best in hair, I've met through you. Um, Dom Seeley, Irenelle, like, they're incredible. And I've seen their careers grow through your support. And it's so beautiful. And they always speak so highly of you for like helping to just really groom them, encourage them, connect them and develop them. So you really are doing so much for the community. And I love it. And it's so fun, Mona. Like I love watching them all again, like support one another. And I love, like I talk about it in the book. I did not have that when I started out. You know, I didn't have like a female role model in hair to even look at. And I didn't have... 
I didn't have that. Um, I did have hairstylists that gave me opportunity to assist them, but at the time it was like, no one shared information. Nobody like helped, wow. like nobody would have their assistant do their client when they weren't available. Like it was just a very different environment mm-hmm. and it was very cutthroat and it was very competitive yeah. and whatever I could do to help change that. I'm so more than happy. And I hope that that continues to grow and change. And I think it still is cutthroat and competitive with some people, but it's like your tribe that you've attracted, like one common thread I've seen through all of them is that they're all really kind superhumans. So I feel like it, it really is what you attract and you do a great job with that. I think you also inspire people to be really kind and just supportive. You know, you've inspired me to do that even more. You know, so I think um, you are like so many people's role model. You have no idea. Oh, that's so sweet to hear. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so proud of them. And I don't, you know, we've had people come and go. Like, I really want to help promote and push people that are hardworking and that are humble, you know, because I think yeah. I write about it in the book. Like, I've seen a lot of people get around celebrity and completely change who they are completely. They become a celebrity in their own mind and they forget that they're in a service industry. And if anything, I really wanted to help teach younger people that are starting out, whether it's in glam or any business, that it really is about like putting in the work, but also just Mm -hmm. being a good person. Everyone asks me like, how did you become a celebrity hairstylist? How do you have friendships (laughs) with your clients? And I was like, I just treat them like human beings and I try to be a good person. And it's not hard. It's not that hard. (laughs) When did you decide you wanted to start writing a book? So I just looked to see when I first teased it and it was April, 2019. So I was approached by HarperCollins and I remember being like in the meeting with my agent and I was like, I don't have a story to tell. I didn't think I did. And they're like, no, really, we just dig deep. Like there's something there. And so I remember starting to carve out time. This is before I went to Hoffman in October, 2019. So it took about 10 months total. Um, but I remember that's incredible. Like that is really fast. (laughs) I worked really hard to make that happen. I, I, I really like for the first time, like put my phone in airplane mode. I just focused on going through old photo albums. I hadn't opened in years. And then I went from Blackberry photos in my computer to iPhoto from like 2007 to present day. And I also was crazy organized I have a Google Doc from the first day I started doing celebrity work. And I have every job I've ever done listed on this Google Doc. So Wow, that's insane. I'm just so happy I'm organized because I got to go through photos that were all tagged and organized by year and just like refresh my memory. And it was so therapeutic for me, Mona, to be able to like for the first time ever, because I was always go, go, go. I stopped and I looked at my whole journey and the stories just flowed and flowed and flowed. And it was so much fun to put together. I'm just like, my jaw is dropping because I still can't get over the fact that you did this in under a year. And that's just a great reminder to everyone to be as organized as you. you. Um, I don't know how, because I've seen like all of your product rooms, your hair that you have at your house. And every time you post pictures with like your organization, I'm just like, how can I be like Jen Adkin? Oh. I need to well, learn I from hire you. people sometimes to help with all that. But yeah, <laughs> I've always great. had this like organized bug. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, but I guess it helps you be super efficient. So it's a great tip to everyone. If you want to be able to do a lot very fast, like organization is so key. Very key. Do you have a favorite chapter? I was trying to pick out my favorite chapter. I have a few in mind, but do you have one yourself? 
<laughs> I think that my favorite chapter would be chapter nine. I love you, Susie Orman. And the reason is I had my business manager of like eight or nine years come in right in that chapter and give her tips that she gave me when I first hired her. And wow. that's another thing, you guys, if you're not good at managing your money, if you can't, you know, save the way that you should be saving, like hire somebody, whether it's a friend or a bookkeeper and really like put somebody, put somebody in charge of your money. If you're not making good decisions because you're just cheating yourself and you're stealing from yourself and She's taught me so much from taxes and corporations and how to, you know, um, really be smart with with your financial choices. So that's probably my favorite because I didn't have that at all. Like, wow, I had been have been audited by the IRS. I had credit card debt. I I was like the minute I started making money, I was like buying tables at clubs and like <laughs> bottle service and just making really and also feeling like I needed to buy a lot of expensive things that I couldn't afford at the time just to feel cool. And there too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think I still do that. <laughs> I'm like, uh. oh, the pressure though. See, we're all yeah. like Lululemon in LA, but in Dubai, everyone's right. like flossy and like perfect. So there's I'm wearing Fendi with Lululemon leggings right now. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like half Dubai, half LA right now. <laughs> it's all about the mixing Balance. it up. That's right. funny. I loved your chapter on goal setting. That was the chapter where I was like underlying every single thing, highlighting every single thing. I loved all your tables, your matrices. Um, absolutely loved it. And I completely agree with you. I know you talked a lot about writing things down. Um, I love that if you could share your advice with everyone watching, like why do you think it's so important to write things down? And if you have any tips for everyone. I think it's really important to hold yourself accountable. And like, you can have like an idea in your head where you're like, oh, I need to stop doing this or I need to start doing this or tomorrow's going to be the day I do this. Or, you mm -hmm. know, I, you really, I kind of treat myself like, um, oh God, I don't even know. I'm hard on myself in this way, but I, I actually am grateful for that because I am, and I think this is from my Mormon upbringing from what I've learned in therapy, it's like <laughs> I'm constantly trying to better myself. So I stopped drinking alcohol maybe two and a half years ago because it was just draining me and dehydrating me and I needed energy. And um, I'm trying to not drink as much coffee as I used to drink. And anyways, I thrive from like having a habit tracker. So every morning I start with my gratitude journal where I write, how would I make today amazing? What was great about yesterday? I love that. Three affirmations about myself. I use the five minute journal. It's sitting here on my desk. Um, and then I go into my habit tracker where whether it's meditating, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, taking my dogs for a walk, checking in on a friend. Like those are the things that I have reading a chapter of a book every day, like things that I wanted to do that I just wasn't doing and wasn't prioritizing. Now I hold myself accountable. And I think the same with goals. You know, you really, I think by putting post-its of what you want to have, who you want to be, what you want to do and having it like somewhere where you can see it every day. It really does help to just like jog your mind into that like assertiveness mode. And I think it really helps to just hold yourself accountable. Yeah. I love that. I think it was on, yeah, I made a note, uh, page 122. You put like, I want to learn. I want to try. I want to continue. I want to stop. And I love that. I'm actually going to use that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm that so whole happy. chapter yeah. of, like, this is like what I need to go in hard and do every single thing that you mentioned. It's fantastic. I get, I get so sad because I have post-its on my desk and one was, <laughs> I want to 
continue to hug people. And it was the I beginning of 2020. Uh, but I look at it every day and I'm just like, no. Well, at least you can hug Mike and yourself. <laughs> I hug myself sometimes. And, and my dogs. And my dogs. Yes. <laughs> um, I also love that you talked a lot about the power of positive thinking. Um, and I really do feel like for myself, like whenever people ask me, like, what's your superpower? I genuinely think my superpower is like being able to think positively in like the worst situations and like finding that silver lining. Um, so I'd love to know from your perspective, like how has having a positive mindset changed your life and made you, uh, who you are today and how do you recommend people who want to maybe rewire their brains to think more positively? Like what advice would you give them? Oh, Mona, you and Huda are maybe the most positive people I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> I need to, we need to interview your parents, by the way. They're I crazy. Say, <laughs> I, I had to like wanna... create that to, to get away from them. <laughs> I would say Mona, like you and I both are very self-aware. I think that we're both in like a place where we try to attract positivity and we try to give out positivity and you know, I think one thing from being raised Mormon is we were kind of taught to not ever uh, think about bad things or if something bad was happening or if you were feeling bad, you just brushed it under the rug and you just smiled and everything's fine. So as a Very similar adult, as well. Okay, so as an adult, like I've now learned to embrace the bad things and to actually be okay with like bad emotions that come through sometimes the like feelings of doubt or worry especially this year you know I think it's I think it's not sustainable to constantly be like in perfection mode I now realize that like those emotions that creep in or the feelings of like sadness or you know obviously this year like you can't open up your phone or the news or anything without feeling that so now even in, in business too when something goes wrong when a product didn't, you know, pass sustainability, or we have something going on with our employees, like, I now have learned to embrace those feelings and know that they're going to go away, let them have their moment, and know that they're going to go away, but not deny it. So, um, but I would say I've read a ton of books about the science of being able to change your brain and the way it works. And it really comes down to we are human beings who are in survival mode and we've been really like I don't want to say we're we're kind of like born I guess with that fear what is it fight or flight mode where you're constantly Mm -hmm. like for survival looking at the fear and like how you can you know survive that and I think it's really important for us especially in this day of technology and social media and the doomsday scrolling and the bad news it's just this year, especially you guys, we've, we've seen so much of it. And it's really important to be able to trigger your brain and start the day off with a gratitude list. Start the day off with texting three people that you know, and just say, I'm grateful for you because blank. And just put that. goodness out there because you will start to trigger your brain to, to look for good in a situation versus bad. I love everything you said and I relate to so much because, um, you know, similar to you, like growing up Muslim, you know, my mom also was very like, you know, think of the positive, always think good thoughts. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily because we were Muslim, but she'd always want me to pretend life was perfect. Yeah. Um, which I recently realized through therapy, that's not a good thing because I'd brush things under the rug all the time. 
And a lot of my problems that kept happening in life were because I would never acknowledge things that were bothering me and they just kept yeah. growing. Um, so oh, yeah, I can't I wait to talk about that. offering with you, Mona. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's I, so much yeah, insight I'm there. I'm to go there and um, do the course. And I actually wanted to, to talk to you about that and we could jump into that now. But um, what made you decide to go to Hoffman? I know you talked about having a panic attack. Um, but I'd love if you could share your story and also like, how do you feel it's changed your life? And I know from what you've shared with me that it has changed your life so much. Um, but I'd love to know more about that. Yeah. I mean, I especially want my female founder friends to go because I think that we all have been put on this pedestal and, and we want to be super women because we want to show the next generation that you can do it. And we have this, we've got it. It's fine. And we were also taught by our mothers because their generation was in survival mode and was just like, no, everything's fine, no matter what. And I found myself in a position where I was like crying on planes, wow. putting the blanket over my head and just crying and sobbing. I was like an exhausted human being. I didn't have time for friends. I didn't want to hear anyone's like issues or problems because I was like so caught up in my own. I felt just depleted all the time and I wasn't happy. And I also found myself in business you know, when I went to Hoffman, it's interesting because I was sitting there in one of my sessions and just like, blah, 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 like throwing up all of these problems and in business and then this happened and then I'm so worried about this. And and I remember my, my uh, instructor looking at me and he's like, welcome to the business world. It's like mostly it's been men and in boardrooms and in um, legal settings, it is ruthless and you are in it. And you, this is what you wanted, you know? And so, and he's like, but also you've done it. And I remember Chris Jenner actually saying to me once when I, I called her and I remember just being like, I need direction. I need help. I'm really worried. Like, am I doing the right thing? And I remember Chris saying to me, this is your first time really doing business and you've done amazing and you're going to continue to do amazing things and stop putting so much pressure on yourself. And I think like that has helped me so much in realizing like, oh my God, I, I have done really well and I am doing well and I'm going to continue to do well. And, um, but, but Hoffman really, I think for people who don't know what it is, it's basically a week long psychotherapy camp and it's not a retreat. There's no massages, <laughs> really good food, but um, it's all <laughs> over the world. And I just found myself in a place where I needed help. And I felt like, the panic attack happened. I remember just feeling lost and I couldn't find my happy again. And I couldn't yeah. find my gratitude. And I was my own worst enemy because I was making myself so busy and keeping myself so busy. And I was just stuck. So I think from going there, what really has helped so much is I, I didn't have you. They take your phone. You do not have <laughs> oh your my computer. Gosh. That is, you, that is tough. <laughs> Just thinking in. about that gives me anxiety. <laughs> oh my God, Mona, I'm telling you, like <laughs> I went in there and I was like shaking, handing my phone over for a oh week. Oh my gosh. But by the that way, at the, at the end of that week, it's weird too, because your body, you start looking for your phone all the time. Wow. And it's so weird. You realize how much it's become a part I'm of like your body. I'm looking at my phone right now. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> oh, I know. But by the end of the week, it's interesting. I've heard stories where people's, um, they're, um, face recognition doesn't work because their face has changed so much over the week's time. That is time. crazy. And I didn't want my phone. I remember 
like I turned it on. I had hundreds of texts and emails and I didn't even answer anyone back for probably two or three days later. I ran home to my parents and I will tell you, it gave me so much perspective. Um, They talk a lot about like science and and psychotherapy really goes into like, again, changing the way that your brain works. Um, But I really like had a chance to look at generations and the patterns, the good patterns I learned from my parents and the bad. And I think what one thing we need to all really remember, whether you're millennial or Gen Z, is that our parents' generation didn't grow up with therapy being being so accessible or being okay. They grew up with so much social pressure. I think maybe even worse than what we have from scrolling Instagram. And and they weren't able to like, you know, be honest about what they wanted or who they wanted to be. And and they had a lot of pressure. And then you think about your grandparents and, and the world they grew up in. And they were really just surviving and they were not taught to nurture their kids. They were really in survival mode and just raising a family. So it all true. and it all trickles down. So it really helped me to, to break away from Jen Atkin, the hairstylist and the celebrity world and owner of way and all of these things and go back to who I was and who I am still, but like, I got on a soul level. Yes. And I got appreciation for, again, like this Mormon background that I ran from, from the, you know, old world conservative. I don't need this. I grew up with the internet. You don't understand me to really looking and, and I've never asked my parents, like, what was the world like when you were young? And like, what was it like being a woman in the sixties or seventies? And like, what was it like being a young mom? You know, I never asked any of these questions. And I think by running home and just bonding with my parents and, and, and thanking them for doing the best that they could versus running away from them, it changed my whole perspective of life. And it made me feel so grateful. I mean, I, I write an acknowledgement to my parents because I'm like, I wouldn't have all of these blessings in my life if they didn't adopt me. You know, they completely yeah. changed my life. Um, and it also taught me to take better care of myself. It taught me to know that I am worthy of those days off, that I am the most important person I need to take care of. And I just had lost that. So to put it in a nutshell, it's 10 years of therapy in one week. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, where can I sign up for this now? <laughs> can they? Can you do it virtually or do you have to go? You know, like, they've you have pivoted. To go there? They pivoted and they do courses, like two and three day courses. If you go to Hoffman Institute, um, I think it's .org. Um, they have in person that they're doing now, but safely. They have cut the classes down from, I think, 40 people to 20. Um, wow. But yeah, they do virtual courses as well. I need to sign up for this. I just started getting into therapy last year, end of the year. Same time as you. It's so funny. Uh, it was my first time ever but I I went for a little bit and then I stopped and then I just started recently going back into it just a few months ago and I'm like every time I have a session I'm like why do I ever stop I mean this is something that it's just working on yourself it's like turning the lights on I feel like you just clear up all the fog you have in your life and you get clarity Um, yes that's exactly how I would therapy for sure yeah, yeah. and I, I love it and I think also when religion is a part of your life and, and you feel that pressure um I think that that's something I had never dealt with the fact that like leaving my family and leaving my town and rejecting this religion that I grew up in was really weighing on me and I felt still like I was hanging on to that like 
shame and guilt and wow. you know and it really helped me to heal a lot of that like stuff that I never really dealt with oh well, I'm so I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy for you and um I love that you share this so openly and I think you're going to encourage so many other people to hopefully start doing the work because no matter how hard you work on yourself externally if you're not doing the internal work nothing's gonna matter so true and also yeah. I think you know love your family it's hard it's hard they grew up differently than we did and mm -hmm. I think that you learn so much from your parents but also I was 40 years old I just turned 40 last March and I remember being like in some ways now I'm a parent to my parents you know like yeah. now we're learning from one another and it's really it's a great place to be yeah absolutely and I think you know, you're so right. We we need to be easy on our parents because they did the best they can. And I think that once you realize that, you're like, you stop having resentment towards anything when you just understand that they're human too. I think when you're younger, you kind of see older people or your parents as like these people who should know it all. But of course, yeah. like now that we're older, we're like, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. know anything. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like I'm still learning every single day. Yeah. Um, but I love that. And you really like, I remember when you first told me about Hoffman, I was like, I'm going to look into this. But now that you've just shared all of that, I'm like, I need 10 years of therapy in a week. Please sign me oh up. My God. <laughs> you would honestly, you would derive, Mona. I'd be worried about you when you come back because you're already <laughs> so great. But I remember one of the first exercises, I can't say too much about what they do there, but I remember when they would ask people, how are you doing? And everyone just says, good, fine, great. <laughs> good and now I'm going to show you this wow. actually it's so funny I have this on the front of my work binder but it's like a full feelings list that they give you I that has like that. probably oh over God, 300 actual feelings that are good I and bad that. and I was like oh my god now I have it by my coffee maker so I'm like every morning I'm like I'm feeling so many different things and some are good and some are bad and it's it's really nice to be able to now like think yeah more broadly about that I love that and it's so true every time we all ask each other how are you doing it's always like yeah good great okay. or okay <laughs> yeah no there's no, a lot so more feelings you guys and good and great <laughs> you need to post that <laughs> I know I know I should I want to jump into relationships because I have to tell you a secret and it's kind of awkward but you and Mike are on my vision board of like relationship goals <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you are because you guys are like oh. the cutest and ever since I met you you guys were together back then but like you have this like cute little cheesy romantic supportive like very supportive relationship which I love so much so I'd love to know um your advice to people who are trying to attract the right partner you know what advice do you give um to meet the right person and also to keep a good relationship because obviously I'm sure with both of you guys you both work so hard you both are very busy. Like, how do you maintain that closeness and that support for each other? My biggest advice about relationships goes back to therapy, by the way, because Mike's the first guy I've ever dated who actually like was doing the work himself before we even started dating. Really? And I think wow. that's one reason that we have really had success in our relationship. But I write about it in the book. I think, you know, it's really important for girls, especially to know that it's okay to be selfish you know, and to really watch out because I think in your early 20s, you can get caught up in relationships where you're like, oh, I can fix that person. You know, like I see their potential, I can fix it. And that's not always the case. You can't fix somebody that doesn't want to be fixed. And I've been in that situation before. Um, I've, you know, been in situations that were not healthy. And I've learned that I think when I met Mike, I was 20. 
I was 29 or 30 and he was, I think, 31. And I met somebody who finally was doing the work on himself. He didn't feel threatened by my career and my, my drive um, as a woman. He was so supportive. And I think it's, it's a fine balance. I, I remember having a boyfriend once that was like, oh, my God, uh, I, I was so excited. I got booked on Madonna's tour. And I was like, I'm going to go all over the world. And I was 26 at the time. And he's like, well, you're not going to go, are you? You know, oh my I had, <laughs> and I've had. Oh God, you know, I have too. It's the worst, right? Something and I'm like, no, this is my dream come true. And yes, I am gonna go. You know, and I've had alcoholic boyfriends, and I've had, you know, I've learned so much throughout the years. And I think what makes Mike and I really work is we truly do want the best for one another, and we both like to be independent. Like I've never been that type of girl that's been like, I need to find a man to complete my life, which. By the way, has been bad for me in the past because I just went through a bunch of guys. I was like, nope, nope, next, no, no, not good enough. I don't need you. And I remember Mike, I was just like, okay, this is somebody who has proven over the years that like, I used to say to him, I'm like, I love that you're like a house cat. I can leave you for three or four days and I know you're going to be alive and you're going to be okay. I think that we both have been really honest with one another too and, and been supportive. There's times where he's been doubting his own career and he doubted he had a slow year and I remember being there for him and being like no 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 you are so great and you need to remember how talented you are he's so humble it's like drives me crazy how humble he is <laughs> and then I'm on the flip side like doing the most and even in my darkest times I know he was the one that drove me to the hospital when I fainted and was there with me but he was like you I can't fix whatever is going on like you have to really work on on making yourself happy again so I would just say, like, when you're finding a partner, try to look for somebody who has their own hobbies, has their own life, but helps make you a better person. Yeah, no, I love that. And um, definitely going to keep that in mind. <laughs> but yeah. I love that he was getting therapy already. Um, I think that's really progressive, especially for, I'm not going to say for a man, because of course, men and women both get therapy, but it's not as, it's not as often you see somebody being able to be as vulnerable as, you know, women, obviously, but, um, but that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, guys are raised differently. It's hard for us. I yeah. see how my girlfriends treat their sons. And when I watch that now, I'm like, oh, this is why guys are so hard to date. Now I exactly. get it. because mm -hmm. your boy gets away with murder. You're hard on your girls, but the boys can do no wrong. And then we end up dating that. And it's mm -hmm. really hard. And I think, you know, and I'm really real and honest in the book about this, that like, as women, as you get older, you just take on more jobs. Like you don't lose jobs. You're a sister, you're a daughter, friend, then you have your career, and then you get married. And then everyone wants to know when are you gonna have a baby? And then everyone wants to know when are you gonna have a second baby? And you just keep taking on roles and jobs and responsibilities and relationships are a job. You know, it really is. And, and I think that women are, are treated differently, a different standard of like, we just got to figure it out. Yeah. It's going to be dumb or your husband's going to be lazy or your husband's. I can't wait for that to change that narrative. Cause I think if anything, having a partner who really isn't, Mike cooks, I don't cook. I've never I love that. <laughs> I've you seen know that in I mean? your stories. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And Mike's that's also amazing. not afraid to cry. I think that's oh, really hard. That. Raising Raising boys to not have emotion and feel like they can't cry, that's a really dangerous thing, I think. 
Absolutely. No, for sure. Um, I love that. And I love, honestly, I love you guys as a couple. You guys are amazing friends. I love you both so much. I love hanging out with you, but um, I also love you guys as a couple. I think you're an inspiration to people to see like what a good relationship should look like. Yeah. Oh, that's nice to hear. I'm going to tell him that he's going to feel really good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to end our session today with like a quick fire round of questions. Um, What is the kindest thing that someone's done for you? Would be the opportunities that I've had to have work experience. Like people have taken a chance on me and like hired me for things. Jen, you're so funny. You're so talented. <laughs> I know, but like I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> you are like, so talented. <laughs> but I didn't just like drop on the planet, like knowing how to do hair and knowing how to like yeah. work in different situations and scenarios. So I'm grateful. And I think that was you're really so kind crazy. of, especially yeah. men at the time that were successful to like take a chance on a girl. Yeah, no, that's true. But you are phenomenally talented and anyone who could hire you is so lucky. Thank you, Anna. What is the most valuable course you've ever taken or book you've ever read? I know you just shared the the Hoffman Institute, but is there a book that you recommend for everyone? Be The Four Agreements by, I think it's Don Miguel Ruiz. And it is really a spiritual guide. It's like a self-help book. It's really, really good. Okay, I've never read that. I'm ordering it right after this. <laughs> it's so, awesome. so good. What are you grateful for this year? I'm grateful for the reset button that I think we all needed. I'm grateful for the emotional connection and the time that we've had to really, I think, self-reflect this year and prove that as like a global community that we are able to like come together to fight this virus and to really like take care of one another and to check in on one another. And I think it's really incredible that we've been able to go this many months and not lose our mind. Same here. Oh my gosh, completely. What legacy do you want to leave behind? I would say I, I, I would love to leave a legacy of female hairstylists who have succeeded and been able to like pay it forward and pass that torch. And what's the term? Um, send the elevator back down to the next generation of female hairstylists. I love that. I feel like you're doing that already. (laughs) It'll be a legacy. It'll be a legacy when it continues to grow and get bigger and bigger. Oh, you're doing it. So really proud of you. My last question is something I like to ask everyone and I'm sure you're full of many, but if you had to pick one, what would, what would you say is your favorite quote or mantra that you live by? Oh my God. There's so many good ones. Um, Tracy Cunningham, the colorist once told me that rejection is God's protection. And I love that quote. Love that. I, like I love that, that too. Was there ever like a time that you felt you got rejected, but it was your biggest blessing in disguise? In hindsight. Yes. But at the time it really stung. Um, but again, like I think living in or working in an industry that is, I can imagine now with seeing like a job that you lose to someone else and seeing it being posted all over. It's just such an emotional thing when you're a freelance artist. And I think that her telling me that early on really helped a lot because it made me really, again, change my brain to not being jealous of my peers, but really being inspired by them and knowing that that wasn't meant for me. And, and you know, that job that everyone's posting a smiley picture from maybe was a nightmare for that person. I don't know. You know, so very true. Yeah. It helped put things into perspective for me. I love that. 
Completely. Well, Jen, honestly, like I love spending time with you. I could spend all day with you. I would keep you forever, but I know you probably have something to do after this, but, um, it was so good spending time with you and sharing more about you with the world. I mean, I think everybody who follows you loves you. And I hope that people watching today who don't follow you yet follow you and just are able to learn from all of your incredible advice and just your hustle and your kindness and everything that you do. You're such a beautiful human. And honestly, from when I first met you till now, I've always just been in love with who you are. You're just a beautiful person. Thank you, Mona. And likewise, <laughs> like I'm it's so awesome, you guys. Like Mona and Huda have both been in my life for so many years now. And it's so awesome to watch you guys just be authentic and work hard and show your family. And, you know, I really am so happy for your success. And I love that you have a podcast. So now you, you can go beyond talking <laughs> about you. aesthetic and beauty. And you can Thank talk you about so stuff much. that's like inside. And I'm excited for that for you. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to come back to Dubai. I miss it so much. I really miss being in the salon. I really like cannot wait to come and have the rose croissants. When I think yes. of Dubai, I think of those rose croissants. They're so good. <laughs> But I, I don't think you. anyone's going to let you leave. Like everybody's dying for that Jen Adkin haircut. Like, <laughs> Listen, all of my Habib teas in Dubai, mashallah and inshallah. And I will be back, baby. I promise. Yes. Can't I wait. Back. Oh, love you so much, Jen. Love you. Thanks, Thank Mona. You so Thank you, darling. Love you. Bye.